Welcome to the Topeka First podcast. We are one church with several locations. Our mission is to reach our community with the message of Jesus. If you would like to give to support this podcast and the ministries of our church, please visit topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. All right, this morning we're going to look together uh, over into the book of Matthew a little bit. And we're going to continue on our series on habits. And uh, this week, uh, we're going to look at fasting. Now, in our series, we've looked at several different ones. We've started on uh, the reading the Bible, that foundational habit that every one of us should have in our lives as we work to grow in our faith. And uh, Romans tells us faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And another crucial habit we talked about last week, of course, would have been community and how important it is for us to stay connected with one another so that we don't try to do life by ourselves because doing life by ourselves is no fun, right? You need to stay connected. So now we, what we find is in Scripture as we look at fasting that the concept of fasting is found in both the Old and the New Testaments. So it's not something that was limited to one covenant and Jesus not only showed us how to fast by example, but he promised that his followers, that's us, would, would fast after he was gone. And fasting draws us closer to God by starving our flesh and feeding our spirit. Now, most people, when they start to hear some kind of message on fasting, probably one of the things that comes to their mind the first, uh, at the first point is our, their favorite food. Maybe it's a T-bone steak. Uh, maybe it's, it's a, a fluffy uh, uh, chocolate pie or something like that. I don't know, whatever it is that gets you going, and I'm talking to you about food and fasting right before lunch, right? Uh, but um, uh, fasting really is a discipline of the faith uh, that can strengthen our lives and strengthen our walk with Christ. So yeah, before we start down uh, a path like this and any of the other habits, it seems like distractions tend to get in our ways. And habits can be powerful tools that enable us to become closer to the Lord. So this week, you know, I'm pre preparing for this message, and I'm sitting at my desk, and I'm working on it. I've been working on other duties that I have to do as, pastor, as a pastor. And, and so uh, I started noticing that I had a hard time focusing wasn't focusing well, and I thought, well, maybe I need to eat a snack, and so I got a little granola bar out that I can eat, and I ate that granola bar, and I kept going for a little while, and, all, and I was still, it's like, man, this just isn't right, I need something else, and, and so I decided, hey, I'm going to go down the street and pick up a bag of Cheetos or something good like that, you know, as I'm preparing a message for fasting, and uh, so finally I went down, and I, and I picked up the Cheetos, and I started eating some of them, and I started reviving by the time I got back to the church. And as I got back, before I got back, I thought, did I even eat lunch? And if you know me very well, you'll know that I don't typically miss lunch. And uh, so I got back, and I looked in my office, and there was my lunch unopened. So it was about 2.30, so I decided, well, I better eat my lunch and set the snack aside. So as crazy as that is for me, it serves as a reminder how important food is to us and other things that we enjoy. But if we fast correctly, it can help us to starve out the flesh or the old nature. It's going to help us focus on Christ to be able to feed our spirit again. 
This morning we're going to pull out of the a Bible passage from Mark or Matthew chapter 4 and it's an example of the life of Jesus when he was being tempted in the wilderness and uh, he was also fasting at that point and uh, it was that time that he was uh, uh, facing the enemy head to head and so let's look at it together Matthew 4 verse 1 and it says this on the screen, NIV version, it says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Of course, it doesn't say that. Uh, the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes, uh, comes from the mouth of God. So now in this translation, NIV, in verse 3, it calls Satan the tempter. It names him the tempter, and the devil must not be reduced only to impersonal forces behind horrible things like racism and massacres and stuff like that, but the Greek word diablos uh, strictly means slanderer someone who slanders. But this term is the regular Greek Old Testament translation is state Satan. That's what was used at that point. And he's the chief opposer of God. He's the arch enemy who leads all the spiritual hosts of darkness. Now, as we look at Scripture, we understand that the desert or the wilderness that Jesus has went into is where we find him. But it's also the place that was associated with some kind of demonic activity in the Scripture. We find it in, the, in Isaiah chapter 13 and Matthew 12 and Revelation 18. And you can go on and look through Scriptures like that. But, but in this context, it was filled with references back into Deuteronomy chapter 6 through 8. And that refers back to the time that Israel was going through the wilderness or through the desert themselves. And it ended up being a time of testing for them that God used in their life. And it's here that Jesus is fasting as he's spiritually proven to face the antics of the enemy of our soul. But Satan is no match for the Son of God. And here we see the habit of fasting in the life of Jesus. It's a significant time for Jesus and his testing before he started his powerful, powerful earthly ministry. Now both Matthew and Mark tie these temptations back to the baptism of Jesus. And his baptism directly connects with the beginning of his ministry. So those things are, are key elements there. But let's, let's jump into this and think about this for a little bit together. Fasting is about starving our flesh in order to further feed our spirit. Now, I don't mean literally to starve yourself. I'm not uh, saying that that's a good idea. But uh, it's in order to feed our spirit. We can become so bombarded in this life by its pressures and we can forget the foremost people, the foremost thing for us is following Jesus and being part of the kingdom of God. And since we're part of God's kingdom, we need to make sure that we allow God to work in our lives. A guy named Kingsley Fletcher said this, Fasting has a spiritual purpose, and that purpose is to get your flesh out of the way so that the Spirit of God can move in your life. We find that this passage where Jesus 
has evidently told the disciples of his account of what took place when he was being tempted uh, while he was fasting. Uh, in Scripture, we find that tempting or testing can reveal or develop our character. Uh, none of us like to have our character developed, do we? We just don't enjoy those kind of things, but it's part of life, uh, and that's just the way it is. Uh, but the character of Jesus was revealed here as he faced Satan head to head, and we find Satan saying something like this, if you're the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Uh, basically, he's saying, okay, if you're the son of God, you have the power to take care of this and to make this stuff into food, and you can eat it, and you're good, right? It was, it was a test for him. Satan wanted him to tempt the Father. And for us to tempt or to test God is wrong because it reflects unbelief or it's a, it's a bribery towards God trying to twist God's arm. Moreover, God may test us and bring us out of that challenging situation. Now, in Jesus' temptations... Uh, God the Father clearly purposed to test him just as Israel was tested, and Jesus uh, responds uh, uh, to prove that he understood. We find over in John chapter 4, verse 34, Jesus said these words. He said, uh, my food is to do the will of the Father who sent me. He knew that life was more than just living life and just working a job and just doing things, and we do that stuff. He knew what he was focusing on. And for us as followers of Jesus, we should also know what we are to be focusing on. Pastor Miles uh, McPherson uh, out in San Diego was with uh, Ryan Pickett, who's a former linebacker from the uh, Green Bay Packers. And they were out playing golf one day. And so Miles McPherson hits and uh, takes a swing and he, and he uh, gets the ball, uh, sends the ball down the court, court. Look at the sports I know, right? <laughs> and so he sends it, sends it down. And uh, so Pickett says to him, he said, do you want the good news or do you want the bad news? And he says, well, give me the bad news first. He said, well, the bad news is the ball is in the water. And he says, well, what's the good news? And he says, well, the good news is that uh, it landed where you were aiming. So... <laughs> Sometimes our problems are that we are aiming in the wrong place. And Proverbs tells us in chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways submit to Him and He will make your path straight. We need to focus ourselves on the Lord, focus on sending ourselves the right direction, we need to make sure that God has directed our path in the way that we need to go before we start swinging because if we're aiming in the wrong place, surely that's where the ball's going to land. You've got to aim in the right place to hit your target. And really, really fasting helps us to focus our attention on God and away from all the distractions that are around us in this world that we live in. And it helps us to aim ourselves in the place where we want to go. And it's normal to set a goal and then uh, aim to get to that goal. And when we fast in this life, we do it because we believe that there is life, that life is more than just being here on this earth. It's because we focused on that goal to go to heaven in the future. We don't have to get it all here and now because we have a promise 
But we'll have more when we meet Him face to face. We pass from what we can see and what we can taste because we have tasted and seen the goodness of the invisible and the infinite God. And we're desperately hungry for more of Him. We need Him more. Think about this with me just a little bit. The appliances in your house, they work on something we call electricity, right? Electricity is a wonderful thing. It's invisible to most of us. You can use an electrical meter and test for it and all that kind of stuff. You can find sine waves and whatever you want to do with that. But, but it's invisible, and it's power that gives you visible privileges. So it, it turns the lights on. It turns the TV on. It turns the toaster on. It turns the oven on. So many different things depends on what you have in your house uh, maybe a radio, if you still use that, probably don't have that anymore, but you may. And so it's that inv invisible power source that's shooting through your electrical wiring called electricity. But none of those appliance, appliances work even though they have access to electricity unless you flip on the switch. You've got to make a connection before that stuff comes to life. You have to turn that switch on, whatever it takes to cause the electricity to flow through the lines there. And really for us, fasting and prayer is one of those spiritual switches in our lives that can move us past the place where we are currently. Now I'm not saying that it's a manipulation of God because that is not what we're talking about here. But it can help us to put into practice the fruit of the Spirit, things like self-control, and it helps us to get the upper hand on our own appetites that we have. If anyone needs to help uh, get the upper hand on appetites, it's for us in the Western world that we live in. I'm driving into the church this morning, and as I'm coming along the highway, I'm seeing a sign here, a sign there. This says, buy this. That says, buy this. Other, another sign says, well, why don't you uh, sell your home with us? You know, all these advertisements bombarding us. Buy a cafe latte. You know, do these things that they want you to do all of this stuff. We can be so easily moved by our desire for more and the novelty of the new and the creative that we kind of miss out on the true things of life, the things of God. We can watch the advertisement for a brand new hamburger for seven bucks and we see it. It's like the mega hamburger, bigger than any other hamburger we've seen. The top five patties and lean ground beef. Why would you have lean ground beef and five patties? I don't know, but you can see that. And then you say, hey, I, I'm hungry. I've got to stop and I've got to go to the corner shop and pick up this special hamburger and get it, you know. Uh, and uh, and then, then my life is going to be better. Well, maybe. Fasting, though, clears the way for our victory in life. Satan will do anything to prevent us uh, from doing things that will benefit us. He wants us to be spiritually poor. He wants us to give free reign to our appetites until they consume us. But Christ wants you to rule your appetites because He loves you and He wants to lead your life and He cares for you. The Lord has the best intentions for you. That's good to know, isn't it? When we fast in, with prayer, it helps us to apply 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 to 5 to our lives. It says this should be on the screen for you. It says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with 
are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So fasting helps us to be able to refocus off of the flesh, off the natural man, and it helps us to tear down the arguments and the destructive thinking that's in our minds. And here, here's my question for you uh, this morning, a couple of them. Three to five years from now, are you going to have the same mentality that you do at this point today? Here's another question for you. If you do say yes, then why? If you do, it may be that you're not growing spiritually. If you're, if you're just going to stay the same, we, don't, we do not want to be stagnant in our walk with Christ. But today you can make the decision to grow in your faith and to have victory over the natural man and allow the Spirit of God to work in your life because it's right at our fingertips as followers of Jesus. He makes Himself very available to us but sometimes we must turn on the switch. Sometimes we must reach over and turn on the switch, and it may be that you don't know how to turn that switch on. It may be you're not sure, so we can try. There's different kinds of fasting that we can do, and the typical form of fasting is personal. It's something that you do privately and partial. You may skip a meal or skip certain foods uh, to stay away from them, but we find different forms in the Scripture, all kinds of different fasting. But some fasted personally, even whole communities fasted, and they took part. That was a very public type of fasting. And then there's the congregational and national occasional fasting. And some would do an absolute fast with no food and only water. You have to drink water, right? You have to have that. And others may only skip a particular meal or forego, forego those certain foods. But most would agree that Jesus, in the passage that we read, uh, was doing an absolute fast there in Matthew chapter 4. But in particular, you may consider fasting together or as a family or as a small group. And here's some reasons why we may do something like this, why we may engage in this habit of fasting. There is a reason. You may share a special need together that you need God's wisdom and guidance. Have you ever done that? I know my wife and I have done that together. You may face an unusual difficulty in your community and you need God's intervention. It may be that you simply want to keep the second coming of Christ in view, that you want to make a strong connection with our Heavenly Father. Those are reasons to be able to keep focus to keep focus on the Lord in the world that we live in. Fasting is not simply a religious form. That's what we have to knock out of the way because sometimes people think, oh, that's, that's uh, the things that the, the hyper-spiritual person does. But fasting, it's just not a, 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 uh, just simply a religious form. We're talking about connecting with God and turning on that switch in our lives. I'm not talking about fasting for some health problems. I know some people may do certain fasts for that. That's a totally different thing. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about fasting related to our spiritual walk with the Lord. Now, here's a reality check uh, quote from A.W. Tozer. 
He said this. He said, we have as much of God as we actually want. We have as much of God as we actually want. Sometimes that holds us back from going after the Lord, uh, and, and it's everything else around us that seems to satisfy us on a regular basis. And since our needs are met at times, we can be lulled to sleep in a spiritual sense. And that's kind of what happened for Jesus' disciples. Uh, there, they, there they were. They were with him. And before the crucifixion, they spent time with him. And in fact, they had even been challenged. Why, why hasn't uh, uh, Jesus' disciples, why haven't they been fasting? Why, haven't they do, why aren't they doing that? And in Matthew chapter 9, verse 15, it says this. Jesus answered, how can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he's still with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them and then they will fast. So we see he's speaking of himself like a bridegroom as an example. And they, they, didn't have, they didn't have a need to fast while Jesus was with them, while he was discipling them and helping them. Uh, but while, after he was crucified and resurrected and he ascended to the Father, that's when the disciples started fasting. While Jesus was with them, they had, a, they had as much of God as they needed. Jesus dealt with those who fasted for the wrong reasons over in Matthew chapter 6, verse 16 to 18. And, and here he says, When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do. Uh, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face. So in other words, get yourself ready. If you wear makeup, wear makeup. If you don't wear makeup, don't wear makeup. Whatever. So that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. The reward for those who do it just to be seen is just that. They've been seen. But for them, it was just a religious statement so they could look good uh, in the eyes of other, the others. But it's kind of like the guy who is working construction and he's telling a story. And as he's telling a story, the pastor comes by and uh, he sees the pastor, and he's like, got to change his story up because he knew what he was going to say it wasn't quite appropriate. And, uh, so, and so then that way he still kind of looks good, but there's no reward for that, right? Jesus said that the, that the disciples, and really that's us, who fast only to be seen by God the Father will be rewarded by him. We want to be seen by God, then He'll reward us, and that's plain. Fasting is for this world, for stretching our hearts to get air, get fresh air beyond the pain and trouble around us, and it's for the battle against the sin and weakness inside of us. We express our discontent with our sinful selves and our longing for more of Christ. So really, at this point, we have to ask ourselves another question is, is what about this? So now we, we talk about the, the spiritual aspect of this, but what can I do if my health won't allow me to fast? Maybe you desire to, you, you want to do this, and you say, I feel like it's something the Lord wants of me. Well, there's a few things we can look at. 
And first of all, some will do a, a Daniel fast, and there are many types of those that people do uh, because they they uh, they may call it that name and do different things. But uh, but it tends to be a partial fast when people eat only fruits and vegetables and beans, etc., stuff like that, and uh, and they cut out sweets and other special foods and and you know the the coke or whatever or coffee or whatever that they drink on a regular basis and. It allows them to continue to function and then spend time in prayer. So basically what we do at that point is we're saying, okay, I'm going to set aside, maybe maybe I typically eat uh, uh, for, it takes me 30 minutes to eat or something like that. I'm going to spend that time in prayer. Maybe it only takes uh, 10 or 15 minutes for you to eat and you take that time and you spend that time in prayer. So it's really a good idea, though, if you're not sure and if, you're, if your health's a little sketchy that you talk to a doctor before you do any kind of, especially a full fast, you need to make sure you do that. That, that's, uh, that can be challenging. And if, if the better part of wisdom for you and your health condition is to not go without food, consider fasting from, from other, some of our other comforts that we have in this life. Maybe it's television or Facebook or computer usage or social media or snapchat or or other regular enjoyment something that you enjoy something you, you really like doing all the time and then you set that aside for a time to be able to spend that time with the lord in prayer to interact with him and say well i don't know what to pray well we'll talk about that talk to the lord in today's world, most of us spend a lot more time with our modern conveniences than we care to admit to others or to even to ourselves. Have you ever thought about how much work a toaster is? Of course you haven't, right? <laughs> most of us don't think uh, you got to go buy the thing, you got to clean the thing, you got to plug the thing in, uh, all those little things, and that's usually not bad, right? Well, well, there's many other appliances. What about a stove? Well, you kind of have to have that, right, if you're going to cook your food. You got to clean the thing. You got to maintain it. It's kind of like your car. You gotta, if you're going to have a car, you got to have tires. You got to replace the tires. You got to make sure the oil's changed. You got to change the transmission fluid for you, the guys that never do that. Don't forget that now. <laughs> That's the automotive guy in me. But anyhow, we, sometimes we have those things that we take care of all the time, and we get so focused on our on our uh, benefits that we have around us that we miss out on the greater things, the things of God. So if you're willing to forego one or several regular enjoyments for a period of time, then you can focus on the one who can bring to true transformation in your life. My challenge is to you is that you don't just drop what you're, uh, you're doing before. Fasting is about taking that time that you are using and spending it with the Lord, interacting with Him, allowing Him to work in your life, to make a better connection with God. When your empty stomach starts to growl and begins uh, sending your brain that, that signal says that says, feed me, like some of you says right now, uh, don't be content to let your mind dwell on the fact that you haven't eaten. Let that be a reminder that you make it through, even if you make it through with an iron will that says no to your stomach, but doesn't turn your thoughts towards the Lord. It says more about your love for food than your love for the Lord. We need to be able to focus on Him. That's why we're here today. That's why many of us come here. 
we come to focus on Him, but it doesn't only limit our, we don't limit ourselves only to Sunday, only to other times when we have life groups or, or midweek services, but we need to keep our hearts open to Him at all the time. The same may happen when you fast Facebook or, or gaming. Maybe you are, you're an avid gamer and you love to do that stuff and your first thoughts go to those activities. Scripture tells us where our treasure is, that's where our heart is. There's one well-known treasure hunt uh, in, uh, in the United States. It's for the Beale treasure. The Beale treasure it started up back in the 1800s. Uh, and the hunt began when an eccentric man who left the East to go find gold in the West. Uh, and he returned home. Supposedly, he had a lot of, of funds to his name and had uh, supposedly hidden gold and such uh, in his property and people, time and time again, tried to figure out where this was. He had written some codes, and they had tried to cipher for a period of time. And since the Beale documents first came to light, thousands of man hours and hundreds of thousands of dollars have been spent for people trying to find this treasure. They wanted to break the code and find the treasure. So today, how many people spend their time searching for treasure, for enjoyment, or for pleasure? Where is our focus in this world today? Yet more than anything, we may spend our time searching for the timeless treasures that only Christ can bring us. It only comes from Him. May we focus, may we learn to focus ourselves on Christ and set aside those things that so easily entangle us. And may we learn to switch on fasting. May we learn to switch on those godly habits that we have to draw closer to God by starving our flesh and feeding our spirit. Would you stand with me this morning? I want to challenge you this morning to find those ways, find those habits that will help you be strong in the Lord. Fasting is one of those. Prayer is one of those. Uh, reading the Scripture is one of those. Community that we have is one of those. We need those working in our lives. Don't ignore them, but allow them to work in you so that that three to five years from today, if the Lord tarries and if we're still around, maybe you can say, you know what? In these past few years, God has done a work in my heart and He's done a work in my life. And I'm a little different than I was back then. Let's pray. Father, we thank You this morning that You are faithful. We thank You, Father God, that You hear us and we thank You that You give us the opportunity to come into Your presence, that we may sense Your peace and that we may sense that community that we have when we come together. Father, we pray this morning that you would anoint our lives so that we may hear what you have to say and anoint our lives in such a way that we can live for you in the days ahead. In Jesus' name, amen.